Well, good morning, 1030 people. I am Talbot Davis, and I'm the pastor here at Good Shepherd Church. I know some of you are connecting live stream, and a lot of you are live. I'm really glad to see all of you. And some of you are live streaming to try and figure out, well, should I show up there in person? And if that's you, we sure hope that you do. We're glad you're live streaming. We'd even be so glad to see you here gathered with this beautiful community at Good Shepherd Church. And we are in the final message in the series called The Promise of Christmas. We started way back on Thanksgiving weekend with Promise Made, and then we went through Promise Delayed and Promises Broken and Breaking Promises. And last week for Christmas Eve, it was Promise Kept, finally, promise kept. And then today on this sort of pivot point Sunday, as you look back on a year just completed and look ahead to a year that's fixing to happen, you're welcome, all you Southerners, fixing to happen in 2024. It's called a New Year's promise. And it's really going to be an opportunity to take a look, uh, as Chris there mentioned, a little bit about what makes this church tick, a little bit about where we've been and where we are going as a community. And, and I, uh, I hope and I'm praying, I know this happened at 930, you'll be like, huh, that's why y'all do A, B, or C. I hope it'll, I, I don't hope, I believe. It'll all make sense by the time that we are finished. And this particular message comes from the book of 1 Corinthians in the New Testament. So if you have your Bible with you, first of all, if you have your Bible with you, you are super religious. But if you have your Bible with you, open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and maybe your Bible looks like mine, or maybe it's on your phone, however you can just find it. If your Bible's not with you, the good news is that the words are going to be up on the screen in just a moment. And we're actually going to begin today's message in a way that we do on occasion, not with great frequency. We're going to read these words out loud and together and out of respect and reverence for the scripture. I want to invite you as you're able, please rise on your feet and we are going to read the words of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, out loud and together in just a moment. But before we read that out loud, I got to tell you what's going on in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is a letter, and it's a letter from a pastor and a missionary named Paul, whom you may have heard of, to the church in the ancient Greek city of Corinth, and that church had issues. And one of the main reasons they had issues is because they thought that their body, well, first of all, they actually literally thought they were smarter than everybody else on planet Earth. They're like, nobody has ever been as brilliant as we are. And they thought that because of all that brilliance, their bodies, they could do whatever they wanted with their bodies. And most of what they decided to do with their bodies weren't no good. And so Paul has been sort of correcting them and chastising them. And then as he gets towards the end of the letter, what we have is chapter 15. He's gone on this magnificent run of telling us what the gospel is. And he says, this gospel that, that Jesus lived and Jesus died and Jesus didn't just die, Jesus died for sinners and for sin. And Jesus rose and we saw him and Jesus reigns. That's the gospel. And then he, and he, and he tells the Corinthians, I'm telling you the gospel because someone told me that I'm a tattletale because I was tattletold. 
And, and so, and, and then after all of that about the gospel, he goes on to say that Jesus, it, everything hinges on the fact that Jesus really did rise from the dead. Now, you may not believe that yet, and that's okay. I just want you to know where we stand. We, we, we believe with Paul, because we believe he was inspired by God, that Jesus really did rise from the dead. And the good news about that, Good Shepherd 1030 people, is that Jesus' resurrection is the down payment for what's gonna happen to the bodies of those people who die in faith, that they, they too will be resurrected. So with all of that, all this long runway in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul reaches sort of the summary statement of everything that he's been trying to tell these, these people in Corinth. Here's what you gotta do with what I just told you. And now you're ready, I'm ready to read verse 58 out loud and together. It says this, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That was excellent practice. We're gonna read the first two sentences again. This time, read them like you believe them, okay? Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. I love that. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Good shepherd, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And if you've never been to Good Shepherd before, we're a, a, a church that, that just gladly, delightfully, joyfully, we lift up scripture when we talk about scripture because that's our way of having this moment of oddity that shapes our identity as a community, that we are a collection of people. We don't have life figured out, but we know God does. And so we're glad to surrender to his authority. Amen. And, and before you have a seat, I'm gonna pray over this message. So Father, thank you for the goodness of 1 Corinthians. Thank you for the enthusiasm that Paul had when he wrote this letter to the church that needed to hear every word he had to say. And Lord, I pray now that you would transfer that same enthusiasm, that same passion, that same goodness of the Holy Spirit to this community called Good Shepherd and to me as a proclaimer today. I am powerless without you, but because of you, I'm never helpless. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. So as we, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that, that on the, this last Sunday of the year, uh, as people in their own lives kind of take stock of what has happened and maybe look forward to what will happen, I wanted to take a few moments with you uh, to, to give you a sense of some of what we understood as a church community. I'm speaking on behalf of church leadership and a little bit of a sense of, of, of what we understood to have happened in 2023 and, and where we sense the Lord taking us in 2024. I, I, I want to give you an understanding of some of the things that we really wanted to have happen last year. Some of the things that we long to have happen this year. And, and as I, for, for those of you who are new, my, my prayer is, oh, okay, that's what that church is like. I get it. I understand. That's why they do what they do. For those of you who have been here 
And you may be just going along and experiencing Sunday after Sunday or Sunday and then miss a couple and then Sunday and you know how it goes. And I want you to know, oh, there really was a, a plan to, to what they did. They actually thought out those different series and those different emphases together. And, and so, uh, so wherever you are on that spectrum, my, my real prayer is that, ta- that today will be very helpful for you. And when I talk about plans, when I, when I talk about strategy as a church, like what did we in church leadership want to have happen in 2023? Please do not hear what I am not saying. I'm, I'm not saying, man, we are so smart. We got it all figured out. We had these plans and we came up with them all on our own and they all came to pass. No, we totally pray, completely pray that when we have plans, that it is that, that intersection of strategy and spirit that, that if you have a church with, no, with, with only strategy and no spirit, that's sterile and, and, and weak. And, and if you have a church that's only spirit and no strategy, hello, that's chaos. So we pray that our strategy and our spirit meet in alignment. And, and what, we, what we don't do as a church is what I hope we, that you don't do in your own life because here's a really bad question to ask and people ask it all the time. Well, what's God's plan for my life? And you know why that's not a good question? The better question is, does God have my life for his plan? You catch how different those are. What, what's, God, what's God's plan for my life, which is all about me? No, no, the much better question is, does God have my life for his plan? Because hallelujah, that's all about God. So, so ha- amen is, is right. So having said all that, some of the things that we wanted to have happen in the year of our Lord 2023 uh, I- include, and one of those things, we wanted to up the temperature of faith sharing in this church. That, that we realized, we realized it anecdotally and we realized it because we measured it that the people of Good Shepherd didn't have a whole lot of confidence in sharing their faith in Jesus with other people who don't yet have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we were like, yeah, that's a reality. People are not all that comfortable even inviting people to church, much less talking to them about things like heaven and hell. And so we wanted to devote some real energy and some real emphasis to helping the invited because if we're inviting all people into a living relationship with Jesus, you've been invited. We want to devote some real energy and real strategy to turning the invited into the inviters. And that's why if you're going to this church back in September, that's why we had this series called That's Good News. And that whole series, and the best thing about that series is it was not just Sunday morning sermons that Virtually every life group, Bible study, community group in the church, they had the little, that's good news book, and people were reading it and gleaning from it, laughing at it, and it's like, oh, this isn't quite so intimidating to share my faith with people. And we, we turned it also into a kind of a social media movement where you all declared on social media that Jesus had your life and how glad you were about all of that. And, and so we, we really wanted to turn you invited into the inviters because guess what? Thank you, thank you, that is so good. 
You cannot pay for that kind of engagement. Stop by the lobby afterwards. I'll give you your, retain, your, 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 your fee afterwards. Well, guess what? If you have said yes to Jesus, if you've said yes to Jesus in your life, it's because somebody told you. And so we just wanted to acknowledge that reality and realize we got a lot of people who have been told who aren't going out there telling. And we want to give you the tools and the resources and the, con and the confidence to turn you into tattletales, not so that you would meet people and say, well, hello, my name's Talbot. Do you know where you'd go when you die? It's not that. That's not, that's not a good first move. And it worked on me, by the way, but it very rarely works on, on other people. And so we did that series and it was so cool just this week, just this week. I got messages from two people connected to this church about, hey, Talbot, how do I, die? somebody in my life is an atheist. How do I share my faith with someone who does not believe that there is a God? And the kind of cool thing about that, a couple of cool things. First of all, they had remembered that I was an atheist. You may not have known that, but that's how I grew up. And so when I became a Christian at 17, like literally I woke up one day an atheist and the next day I'd given Jesus my life. And, and amen, it's, it's, yeah, that's good, it's good news. And you know why I gave Jesus my life? Because somebody told me. And so it was so good to have the people of this church engage in those same kind of conversations. And one of the things I was able to, to tell, because this happened during Christmas, and one of the things I was able to share was uh, that, that Christians believe that Jesus is born of a virgin. Jesus, Christmas, Christians believe Jesus is virgin born. Amen. This is what Christians believe, right? You, you can nod. Atheists believe that the universe is virgin born. Choose your miracle. And so I'm just going to choose the miracle of Jesus's birth because it's a lot less of a stretch to believe that that's how God invaded this planet than it is to believe that the universe was created out of nothing. And so we have wanted to up the, the faith sharing temperature commitment of the people in this church. That's, that's why we did that. One of the other things that we wanted to have happen in, in 2023 was, was to really increase people's emotional and relational health because we recognize that you in church land you can grow people who know their bibles you can grow people who come to every single event maybe even they come to the events that you don't schedule but who are emotional wrecks that in church land, there can be people who love Jesus and hate everybody else. And so we didn't, we didn't want that. We didn't kind of want those emotional infants. And so we made a real determination. We're going to do what we can. We're going to be the kind of church so that people have the tools to have healthy relationships, healthy internal emotions. So they're not, if, if they have depression, they have the tools to deal with it that they don't wrestle with anger that controls them and their families so they don't leave a slew of broken relationships behind them. And that's why we had this series, again, back in October, it was called Real Relationships. Some of you remember that series, Real Relationships, and it was totally based on a relationship model that you gotta know people before you trust them. You gotta trust them before you rely on them and you gotta rely on them before you commit to them and you gotta commit to them before you touch 
them. And so that the, the great, two great things uh, about that particular emphasis that we had is, is after that series was over, I had someone in the church who's a, a, a leader at her place of business. She's, she's a team leader at work. Some of you are team leaders at your work because you, you tell me it's great. And she said, oh, Talbot, we, I took my whole team through that relationship attachment model. And it helped us relate to one another at work so much better. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That's exactly why we do what we do so that you can have healthy relationships, not only in church, but in your homes and yes, at your workplaces. And the other thing that I really liked about that real relationships emphasis is that we were able to include single and single again adults into what we would become part of the larger, what we call the beautiful marriage movement. You're like, wait, if, if you have a beautiful marriage movement, how do you include single and single adults into a beautiful marriage movement? Well, you do it when you recognize that every, virtually every single or, or single again adult grew up in a marriage or was married or is hoping to be married and so if you can give people who are single the tools to understand the marriage that they grew up in, which sometimes is very difficult, or to understand the marriage that they came out of, which is very difficult, or to understand the marriage they're getting ready for, which is even more difficult, man, then you've really accomplished something. So we were so glad that in that series, we had a major, major emphasis on how can we involve the single and single again adults of this church and of this community into this thing that sounds at first counterintuitive, the beautiful marriage movement. But if you'd been here on Sunday nights and seen all the uh, uh, single and single again adults involved and engaged, ah, that's how that happened. So we, we wanted, and, and you're going to hear more about our, our belief in that we want you to have that intersection of spiritual maturity and emotional health. There's more of that coming in 24. I'll show you about that in just a minute. So that was, the, that was another thing that we really, really wanted to have happen. And speaking of the beautiful marriage movement, I don't know if you know this or not, a good chunk of you will not. We came up with that idea back in 2019. Do y'all remember 2019? Doesn't that not seem, with COVID doesn't seem like, that was about four lifetimes ago. And at, at the time, we came up with this ridiculous idea, absolutely absurd, that everybody's invested in pretty weddings. We're gonna leave the pretty weddings to other people and we're gonna devote ourselves for seven years to helping people build beautiful marriages. And when we help people build beautiful marriages over seven years, we had this re these ridiculous goals. We're, we're gonna cut the divorce rate in half in the zip codes that surround this church. We're gonna reach 10,000 couples with life-giving information and, and, and teaching. And we, maybe more than anything else, we're gonna move away from trying to help couples manage their crises to help them prevent them in the first place. Cause I don't know if you know this or not, Managing crises is desperately hard work. Preventing them before they ever arise, so much more effective. Well, these are ridiculous goals. Nobody does that. And then we, we, we also said, 
we want to, and if you know me at all, you know, this is not my natural language. We want to, we, we want to be known as the church that cares about your marriage, whether you go here or not. And in my flesh, I'm like, all I care about is whether you go here or not. <laughs> and, but God is greater than my flesh. And God had given us this idea. We want to be known as the church that cares about your marriage, whether you go here or not. And the reason I'm telling you all that about the beautiful marriage movement is that in September or October of this year, I believe that it was, I was there in a meeting in the city of Charlotte, uh, there in a meeting where a, a citywide ministry called For Charlotte, that they launched what was called the Better Marriage Network. And the reason they launched the Better Marriage Network, people, is because you all empowered the beautiful marriage movement to begin with. And there were 60 churches that have now signed on. We want to catch this wave of preventing crises rather than, ma than managing them. We want to catch this wave of recognizing that the best way to pass the faith on is to help couples love one another so well that children want to love Jesus in that same way. And at one church, we can't catch, we, we, we can't touch 10,000 couples. One church, 60 churches can do it like that. So I was there in real time as our ridiculous goals from four years and three lifetimes ago actually came to pass. And, and, and you all, and you all, you all did that. And, and kind of related to all of that, one of, one of the other things that, that we wanted to have happen in, in 2023 is that we, whew, wanted to become an independent church, non-denominational. You, you, you already could sense and experience, we're, we're a church that lifts the scripture when we talk about it. And when we lift it, it's not because we worship the scripture, we don't worship the scripture, but we love it. And we love the scripture because we know that loving the scripture helps us to adore the scripture's savior. So without any apology, without any backtrack, man, we are a Bible-lifting congregation. You may not believe the Bible yet, and that's okay. Now you know what we, where we stand. And so without apology, we want to be that Bible-lifting congregation. And we had come to sense that the denomination that gave us birth back in the 90s, that they'd moved away from Bible-lifting to Bible-scoffing. And it actually come to that place where they redefined what Jesus reinforced. And that marriage is not ours to begin with. It's the gift of God. And the gospel is not to be edited. The gospel is to be stewarded like a treasure. And we realize that in order for us to be the kind of church that we know God has called us to be, that man, we have to leave that denomination and become independent. And we did it. And some of you were here back in, in September. We, had, we, we did these things that we don't ever do. Like we had a church vote because we had to. And 99.1% of the people voted. We're, okay, we will leave that denomination. We will become in. Do you realize how, how, what a miracle it is to get 99.1% of people in Indian church to agree about anything? And, <laughs> and, and, and y'all did it. And y'all did it. And, and so... So because of, because of all that, we are officially free. We are Good Shepherd Church of Charlotte. 
And you may think, whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're Good Shepherd Church of Charlotte, you're independent. Doesn't that leave you isolated? Aren't there a lot of dangers in being so independent? Guess what? What did I just tell you about the Better Marriage Network in in the city of Charlotte? We might be independent, but we are more connected to other churches than we have ever been. And we're more connected to other churches than we have ever been because we're, we're not connected because we're made to connect. We're connected with churches of like minds, churches that have this burden. We're not gonna, solve, we're gonna manage crises. We're gonna prevent them. We're gonna build what's beautiful together. So all of those things are, are what, what, what we wanted to have happen in 2023. And those are things that happened. Now I could, I could, I could give you a long list. I could write a long book on, on all the things we got wrong in 2023, all the things we wanted to have happen that didn't quite happen, but that's, a, that's another sermon for, I'm not giving that one today. I'm giving this one. And so, so not writing that book, right, writing this one. So what's ahead? If you're thinking about this church, checking it out, what, 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 what are they about? What, 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 what's ahead for us? Where are we going? If you've been here for a while and you're like, oh, okay, now I see why you did that series and that series and why you made that move, but what's next? Well, here's a really, uh, what I think is a really good promise about what's ahead. I, as, as a leader here, I will not give you whiplash, which means I will not be like, oh, okay, we were doing this and now God told me, so we're doing this. Nope. In fact, we believe so much in what we've been doing that we, we don't want to go wide and narrow. We don't want to dabble in a million little things and become vulnerable to a thousand little fads. We want to go narrow and, and we want to go deep. And, and we want to hone and we want to sharpen so much of what it is that, that we've been, been doing and that we have been emphasizing. And, 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 and for example, we're going to continue this, this move towards really trying to help the people of Good Shepherd and beyond be emotionally healthy because we don't want people who love Jesus and hate everybody else. We don't want people who do their quiet times religiously, but inside they are racked by anxiety and, and, and almost rendered immobile by depression. We want to give people the tools and the resources to help move beyond that. And that's why in, in next month, we're going to be launching what we call Regeneration. And in fact, the next message series, which I'll let you know about in a few minutes, the next message series is called Re. And it all builds up to this ministry that we're going to launch in, 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 on January 30th called Regeneration, which we believe will accomplish for your emotional health all the ways you feel stuck. It will accomplish for your emotional health what Reengage has accomplished for, your, for people's marriage health. By the way, I for, forgot to mention, is it okay that I forgot to mention some? Thank you. Some of you are like, I'm not going to nod at him. It is not okay that he forgot that. The, the kind of the linchpin of our beautiful marriage movement is this re-engage ministry that happens two times a year. And this would normally be the time when I promote, we want y'all to sign up for re-engage for the spring semester of 2024. I can't do that. You know why? It's filled up. 
You, yeah, woohoo is right. You all have so believed in the re-engaged movement and have so seen what it's done for marriages and households that it's already filled. And, and if you're like, dang it, I missed it. We, we wanted to do this. There will, it will be offered again starting in August of 2024. So make a note now. But we want regeneration to do for people's psyches, people emo- people's emotional health, their relational savvy. We want it to do for that what regeneration has done for people's marriage. And, and that's why this next message series is, is uh, g- going to be called Re. And it'll all, you'll see, it'll all lead up to a way that you and you and you and people you know can move on this journey to deep, deep healing in so many areas of your life. So that's what we want to what we want to have happen. Something else that we, we're going to continue to have happen around this place is, is that we want to up the temperature, up the engagement in you sharing your faith. As I mentioned earlier, if you've said yes to Jesus, it's because somebody tattle told you, and now we want you to tattle tell others. And we know that just inviting people to church, that's a huge leap for a lot of people. And so we want to help you take that huge leap at least. And that's why, and you can get these out in the lobby. We have, how about this? How about this for sophistication? We have a business card that says Good Shepherd Church on it with our address, with our website, with the worship times. It's not a big colorful card, though we have those as well, but we want to make it as easy for you as possible to invite as many people as you can to church. And so that these are, these are called evergreen cards, which means that they're always in style. They're always in fashion. They're not tied to a particular series. And we want you, before you leave today, Take a handful of these and invite people because this next series and what it means for emotional health is super important for people inside the walls of the church and even more so for people beyond. So we, we again, we want to resource you and, and equip you and challenge you, exhort you to share if you have said yes to Jesus to encourage other people to do the same thing because you know what? People's eternity depends on it. God God has given you divine appointments in your life. You have people in your family. You have people at your office. You have people down the street. And their salvation hangs in the balance. And God has given you this privilege of inviting them into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. The invited become the inviter. And then in 2024, man, we're, we're still going to talk about, uh, still going to talk about beautiful marriages. Not, not all the time, not exclusively, but just don't be surprised if, if in February, for example, you hear something about secrets of love, because how can February and Valentine's come and you don't talk about beautiful marriages? And, and, and so again, and, and we'll reinforce the re-engage movement because we want to reach 10,000 couples and beyond. Now we realize those goals were too small. We want the 10,000 to become 20,000. And it's so cool. God is so good. Do y'all know how good God is, good shepherd? Four years ago, when we thought of the beautiful marriage movement, we, we were like, maybe we weren't, maybe I was. Like, whew, I am so smart. <laughs> Nobody has ever been this smart in the history of planet Earth. Come up with a beautiful marriage movement. Well, you know what we found out 
we found out people hadn't been using that exact same language, but people had been using the exact same approach years ahead of us. And God was like, Talbot, you are about one quarter as smart as you think you are. And I am the one who's been at work. And I'm just so good, I let you in on this great thing that I'm doing. And we found out that in cities like San Antonio, in cities like Jacksonville, people were already developing marriage networks that had had these astonishing results of cutting the divorce rate in Jacksonville, Florida by 24%. Why? Because the churches gathered together to stop managing crises and to start preventing them. We were just so blessed to get in on what God was already doing. Do you see how good that is? You don't ask, what's God's plan for my life? You do ask, does God have my life? Does God have my church for his plan? And in all this, whatever we do in 2024, I wanna read you the, these words again, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you, which tells you that the only way to advance is to stand still. The only way to move ahead as a church is to have an anchor that will not move. And as a church, we are always going to delight in the gospel. We're not going to tolerate the gospel. We sure are not going to edit the gospel. We're going to delight in it that Jesus lived and Jesus died for sinners and for sin and Jesus rose and Jesus reigns and Jesus will come back. And when we delight in that, when that is unmovable, when we become that church and go deeper as that kind of church where people all over the church, yeah, I don't just, hello, I don't just lift my Bible on Sunday. I read it Monday through Saturday. And it makes a difference and it shapes my life as we become that kind of people shaped by this kind of word. Hallelujah. 24, whatever, however good 23 was, 24 will be that much better because our anchor has not changed and our delight in the gospel grows more vivid by the day. We'll only go forward by standing still under the word that we adore. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and everybody said, Amen. let's pray. So Father, thank you that you're a good God. Thank you that you are the way, and thank you for every time that we've thought we could come up with a newer way, or a better way, or a different way. You showed us who was boss. And I pray now, Lord, that you would take us so deep into savoring the goodness of the way that it would be unmistakable that this church, the people in it, are bought with blood and serve a Savior who has risen. In his name we pray, amen.